speak to us through your life-changing word, your eternal word, and all that we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the verses that we've uh, been hearing and hearing, heard read over these last number of months is that really well-known one uh, that's going to come up on the screen here. It's John 3:16. Uh, we know it well, but it expresses the generosity of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. As Mark was saying, right at the heart of the wonderful message of Christmas is generosity, it's grace, it's the uh, unmerited action of the Father on our behalf. We, we don't deserve His generosity, but He has shown us great generosity. We had turned our backs on Him, we'd walked away, and God has come in vulnerability in His Son, Jesus Christ, to bring us home. It's that wonderful picture of the, the prodigal son and Christ, as it were, is like the Father running to us, uh, willing to embrace us. If only we would uh, turn towards Him and show even some type of desire to be back in relationship with Him. And Christ makes that possible. He's the one by His Holy Spirit who prompts us to, to realize our poverty. He opens our eyes by the Spirit of truth and, and brings us back to the place of looking for the generosity of God. And the Father is only too willing to give that, to give the gift of eternal life. That is right at the heart of Christmas. Christmas is a riches to rags story. Uh, our verse that is going to come up here from 2 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul speaks about that. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Christ, enthroned in heavenly splendor, divested himself of all that majesty and came and was born among us as a helpless baby. It's a riches to rags story. And Christ is the one who expresses to us in all of this the, the generosity and grace of God. Our bishop, Bishop David McClay, has asked every parish in this diocese of Down Dromore, of which there are about 80 churches, has asked us all to have an Advent gift day. And for that, to have 10% uh, going to the Link Diocese of Down Dromore, which is in Meridian, South Sudan, to have 10% going to church planting in Down Dromore Diocese, and to have 80% going towards a local church project. And all of these are specifically about uh, stepping out to help in the midst of this pandemic so that we would be actually not be paralyzed, but we would actually be active in stepping out both locally and globally to help people. So let's talk a bit about uh, their brothers and sisters in South Sudan. There's a map coming up here that you'll see that um, South Sudan is just below um, the Sahara, the, the desert belt of northern Africa. To the east is Ethiopia, and to the south is Uganda. And so you can see South Sudan right in the center of that picture. Uh, Juba is the capital, and to the west, of Juba is Meridi, and it's Meridi Diocese with which Darninger Moore have had a link now for, I imagine it's probably 20 years. 
So South Sudan is the fourth poorest country in the world. Its uh, human development index is 186 out of 189 countries. And there are a lot of poor countries in the world. And South Sudan is the fourth poorest. And so it's a place where, uh, for us, it's hard to imagine uh, the level of need there is in that place. And that has only been exasperated through this pandemic. Some history back in... 2013. Now, this is on the back of uh, up until 2011, there was 20 years of guerrilla warfare in Sudan that led then to South Sudan being formed as a country. And then civil war broke out two years later in 2013. 400,000 people were killed. 2.2 million became refugees outside South Sudan. That's not even accounting for the fact that 1.5 million South Sudanese became displaced within their own country. Today, there are 6 million people living on the brink of famine. Half of the healthcare facilities are open. That means half of the healthcare facilities are closed. Imagine in this country, if every GP surgery, every clinic, and every hospital, half of them were closed. And that's from a very poor starting point. So we're talking about a very, very poor country, made poorer still by COVID-19. So more information will come up on the next slide as well that we can talk about um, with South Sudan. I think we do, perhaps, do we? Have some more on the next slide. South Sudan? No, sorry, I'll, I'll have it here in front of me. So just to let you know, the, the most recent monies that have gone from Darnandramore through uh, Church of Ireland Missionary Society out to South Sudan have helped to support pastors and evangelists in the work that they're doing because church hasn't been able to meet and therefore the church uh, has virtually no resources. There's also been provision for buy seeds for planting to, to have crops, oil for cooking, food to eat, and soap for hygiene and protection. Twenty bicycles were bought for evangelists, not only to bring out the message of the gospel of hope to people in Jesus Christ, but also to explain to people about COVID-19, also to explain to people how to social distance, how to avoid uh, breathing over people, how to uh, wash your hands as frequently as possible and how to provide soap for that to happen. They've also built a shelter onto one of the local hospitals so that people don't have to wait outside for treatment but can wait under a shelter. And some of the ministry students who were stranded in Uganda because of border closures are being given some support because they're effectively refugees. So those are some of the statistics that are the background of the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. They are full of faith and full of fire for the gospel of hope of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be able to support them in these days that have been made more difficult by COVID-19 and to support their COVID uh, relief fund. Also, 10% to go to the church planting fund because we want to be able to reach out to people in this country and particularly in Darnandamore Diocese. This was launched in the Bishop's Bible Week in 2013. And from then, in this last seven years, six new churches have been planted in Darnandermore Diocese, which effectively is uh, County Down and part of County Armagh. These churches are in Killacomain Estate in uh, Portadown, they're in the Glen, in Newtonards, there's one in Money Ray, there's one in Braniel. Six new churches. And the desire and the intent is that 
in the years ahead, there will be at, one, at least one new church planted in Darnandra Moor every year. Isn't that a fantastic desire to have, to see that people who perhaps don't have access to or don't have the opportunity to, to go and hear and encounter Christ in their local community, whether it's a housing estate or a remote rural place, there's an opportunity, we hope, going to arise for everyone to have on their doorstep an opportunity to encounter Christ, to hear the gospel, and to join a local church. And that's the desire of the church planting fund for the diocese. And so 10% will be going to support that fund to support the planting of new churches. 80% then will be going to support local mission in terms of alleviating uh, social, uh, economic, spiritual, uh, mental poverty in the place where every parish is. And so that for us is in here in this greater Bangor area, Bangor and beyond. And so our desire is to, is to really build on what we've already been doing. One of the things the Lord has been really uh, speaking to us about over this last, uh, I suppose, eight or nine months is about going out to people, going out on the doorsteps, going out uh, via live streaming, uh, going out with our We Are With You, which we did in August time, going around um, 4,200 homes in our parish in the center of Bangor, and 150 streets uh, to pray and to deliver a message of hope, offering a prayer line, offering free clothing in, in our quality clothes shop, and also offering uh, food, free food through our uh, food program, our six-week food program in association with North Down Storehouse. It's been brilliant to do that, and we, we feel that we should go out again, particularly at this most difficult time of year. And so from, from next Saturday, for eight days from next Saturday, we're going to go out again and to deliver a Gospel of John and also a Christmas card with a, a letter of hope out to every uh, home in the parish again and again highlighting free food, free clothes, and also an opportunity uh, for those who need to contact us to contact the prayer line. It's been wonderful that people have been doing that, seeking prayer both by telephone and by email. We have had over 100 people come to our closed store since we opened the Compassion Center in August, and that equates to several hundred articles of clothing. Over 30 households have been supported through our six-week food program, and the people are so grateful to be able to have that support, both of clothing and also of food. Many of the people come uh, from the local environment. Others are here in Bangor, um, having come in recent weeks and months from uh, other places in uh, Eastern Europe or the Middle East or in all sorts of different countries throughout the world. And uh, we want to be a light to the nations. We want to show the generosity of Christ. And so we want to really build on all these things in our, our online services and our streaming and our Alpha courses online, our compassion ministry, and seeking to really step out to, to meet people where they're at with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hope is then during next year, 2021, is to knock on every door, to ring every bell, in those 4,200 homes in the center of Bangor 
and offer an opportunity just to, to hear how people are and to offer an opportunity for prayer. And hopefully also to, to get an opportunity to pray and to tell people about the hope that we have that has brought us out onto the streets and in a safe way, uh, at a safe distance, to be able to look people in the eye and ask them how they are and to speak words of hope to them. So really what we want to do is build in many ways on what we've already been doing, but the need is great. It's wonderful to hear the vaccines coming in. It's wonderful to hear of their application, even over these next number of days that will start. But we know that it will be several months before the real benefit of that vaccine is felt for us as a larger community and as a nation. And we know that the financial, economic, social, spiritual ramifications of what's been happening during this pandemic are going to be felt in this nation and across this world, not just for months to come, but for years to come, perhaps even for decades to come. Job loss, bereavement, the impact on mental health, uh, the impact on family structure, uh, the impact on people's sense of hope for the future and for the present, all that has been severely dented. And we know that the government has borrowed uh, very heavily, and that's going to have a big impact on us as a nation over the years and over the decades ahead. It's time afresh for us as the people of God to be a light shining in the darkness, not to ignore the social, practical, and spiritual, and emotional needs that people have in our community, but to continue to do something about it and to be a light to this nation and to the nations of the world. So I want to encourage us all to respond generously to this bishop's call for us as a diocese to give to this Advent gift day. Here are some reasons why I believe that we should give. The first is that this is an opportunity for us to become like our Heavenly Father. It's no wonder the Macedonian Christians who had, who had caught heart, hold of the heart of the generosity of the Father, they actually pleaded with Paul for the opportunity to give. The reason why they had to plead was because they, are, they were extremely poor themselves. And so they had to plead with Paul as those who were extremely poor to help the Christians in Jerusalem who were also extremely poor. But eventually, Paul could see their desire, and so he said, yes, you can give. Just as the, the Corinthians, the wealthy Corinthians are planning to give, yes, you can also give. This is an opportunity for us to become more like our Heavenly Father. Do you want to become, as a child of God, more like your heavenly Father? Well, the Bible tells us there is a very clear way to do that, and that is to be generous to those who need it by what we give. The second reason I would give is one that it multiplies joy, that it will bring joy to the people who receive help whether it's in South Sudan, whether it's in a church that is planted somewhere in one of the towns or in Belfast uh, over the years ahead, perhaps even close to home here in Bangor. It will bring joy to the people who receive the gift. It will also bring joy to the Lord's heart because that will bring about praise, Paul says, to God himself. And it will also bring joy to your heart. 
I, I know of few ways more effective in increasing joy in your own life than giving away resources and money. I know that uh, for Susan and I and Emily as a family, one of the things that we find the quickest way to increase joy in your life is actually to give away to other people. That's what Mark was speaking about in his talk. There is a wonderful way to multiply joy, and that is to, to exercise obedience to the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because it warms the heart of the Father. It blesses other people, and it ultimately blesses ourselves. It brings transformation in our own lives. And thirdly, because it's important to invest in what lasts. One thing that this pandemic has reminded us about is the fragility of the world in which we live. And so there's an opportunity for us to be able to invest in what actually lasts. Imagine the joy in the world to come, in the new heaven and a new earth, someone coming to us and saying, thank you for giving. Do you know, but because you gave, I had seeds to plant in the ground in South Sudan to feed my family and myself. Because of you, we bought a bar of soap or we were given a bar of soap and we were able to avoid catching COVID-19. Because of you, I was able to go to a local church in a housing estate in Northern Ireland and I came to Christ and my family came to Christ and I was able to have a local church to join thanks to you thank you for giving. Or thank you because you gave and put clothes on my back and food on my table when I lived in Bangor in 2021 because we didn't have enough money to put any food on the table. We didn't have enough money to put clothes on the back. We didn't have the hope there was to hear the opportunity for hope and the response of the gospel when someone came and stood in our doorstep, when we received the gospel of John, when we discovered that there was someone who cared in our local community and just wanted to be generous to us, like the Father is generous to us. Jesus said that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. In Bishop's David address that went out during the week as a, as a recording that we put out through our website and went out through all the different churches in down to Wardasis, he said something that really, I suppose, reinforced that message of Jesus, that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. And that is that what we invest in and what we give to, we become more concerned about. Do you want to become more concerned about God's kingdom? Do you want to become more concerned about people who are struggling, people who are in need? Then the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us clearly what to do. You put your treasure where you want your heart to be. Do you want to become a more generous person? Do you want to become a more joyful person? Do you want to invest in what lasts? Then the opportunity to do so lies before you in this week ahead. Next Sunday on the 13th of December, we're going to have our Advent gift day. It's been postponed a few weeks because we want the opportunity to be able to meet together not only online, but also physically. So you may want to to give by post. You may want to give by bank transfer. You may want to bring a gift in an envelope next week and put it in the basket at the start of the service. We want to be a generous people 
who give to a generous God. All the details of how to give are on the website and on the weekly update, but I really encourage you to pray during these days ahead, to, to pray during the course of the next week and to, and to decide what is it that we as a family or we as a couple or I as a person am going to give. Again, Bishop David highlighted a, uh, an interesting point that was made uh, by another uh, member of, the ch- of, of church leadership in, in answering the question, well, how do I know what to give? And this person said, well, a good rule of thumb is this. You think of a figure and then you keep increasing it until it gets to the ouch place. You keep increasing it until it gets to the place where it becomes sacrificial. David said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. And so there's biblical truth in what, in what that says. Do you care enough about people throughout the world and in this nation and locally to relieve their difficulty? Are you willing for it to be an act of worship and to get the point where it's ouch and that's the point you stop? I encourage you to pray about it. I encourage to consider you to consider uh, how much you're able to give. It needs to be uh, reasonable and well thought through, but it also needs to be sacrificial for each and every one of us if we were to experience new joy in this. And if you do this right, then for you, this will bring joy. If this doesn't bring joy to you, then I just say don't do it. Because giving as the Macedonians showed, should bring joy. God loves a cheerful giver. To give grudgingly, it's of no benefit whatsoever. And so, uh, just our, uh, I think a slide about uh, some adjectives that maybe guide us about how to give. I'd say give cheerfully. Give prayerfully. Do think about it, pray about it, discuss it within your family. Give reasonably. Give from what you can give. Don't put yourself in need of financial support because you give away too much. And also give actually. Don't be Corinthian, be Macedonian. The Corinthians talked a good game, and in the end, Paul had to send a delegation to encourage them to do what they had promised to do. The Macedonians, they said, please let us give, and then in a flash, they had given because they wanted to see the church in Jerusalem blessed. They wanted to see those in Jerusalem who were struggling to put food on the table fed. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit that you would warm our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this next carol that we're about to sing that reminds us that you are a great and generous God. And Lord, because you don't cause a fanfare when you give, you give your Son in the midst of the silence of a manger and stable in Bethlehem. And Lord, you give the gift of yourself through Jesus to us today. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, 
the dear Christ enters in. Lord, may that be our fresh experience as we open the gates to our souls, to your generous love, and become a people increasingly generous. And Lord, use the gifts that we give next Sunday, the gifts that we give every week, but these extra gifts that we give next Sunday. Lord, use them for your glory. Use them for the propagation of the gospel. Use them for the alleviation of poverty in South Sudan and here in Northern Ireland and Bangor. And all to your glory. And we rejoice in all that you're going to do in and through us 